0: Hello, and welcome to the Self Project Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Martin, and I am a master transformation guide who is obsessed with showing you the steps to rediscover who you are, how to best work with yourself, and how to create the life you want and deserve. Here is where I will share more about my own journey and all the things I've learned along the way. And I'm going to introduce you to some pretty incredible people who decided to go for it and are now sharing their gifts with the world. We're going to deep dive into all the things and inspire, motivate, and give you the tools to embark on your own healing, transformation, self-project journey, whatever that may be. So settle in, get comfortable, and here we go. So welcome back to the show. I am so, so excited for you to be joining us for this episode. I have got guest host Katie Cortier with us this time, and Katie and I connected again through um, a Kathy Heller challenge group, and we decided to stay connected and help support each other outside of that. And so along this journey, Katie so graciously um, agreed to come onto the show and share with us what it is that she does. And I'm really, really excited about this because Katie is um, helping parents navigate sex education conversations with their kids. And I think that that is so important. And I think that um, I at least know for myself I'm very open with my children, but that topic of sex education is still very uncomfortable. And so just having somebody here who can share these tips with us, and she literally gives us a blueprint. So I really want to go ahead and turn it over to Katie. Can you tell us a little bit more about who you are, what you do, and what gave you this idea to to create such an important thing?
1: Oh, absolutely. So my background is being in health and physical education teaching. So a lot of middle school, high school students. And um, I suppose my kind of journey started when I didn't really get much of a sex education Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, from my parents. I distinctly remember coming home and finding like my parents capitalised on the fact that I like to read. So I came home and found like a uh, puberty book in cartoons and that was kind of it. I remember <laughs> then, that like, book. <laughs> yeah, so the funny thing is I was actually speaking to my sister who was, she's seven years younger than me, and she said, I know that book, I got that book too. So mm-hmm. <laughs> there was no like learning from that Um, but when I was teaching in health a lot of the time I would end up teaching like students about sex education and I remember how nervous I was when I first started to the point where I was standing in um, my basically in my closet about to pick out a shirt and it was a purple one um, and knowing that if I did in fact wear that shirt on that day, it, everyone would see, the world would see how nervous I truly was in the form of pit stains. So like, oh, I, I had to, it was like, okay, I need to, I made a choice. I was like, all right, I'm going to choose the the darker shirt. So it doesn't show. And then um, realized how uncomfortable I was with that, spoke to other people. And it just kind of realized that this is a common theme. I was like, okay, well, how can I better myself? So I never have to have those feelings again. Um, because it's hard standing in front of a room of 30 students teaching about something that you're not hundred percent comfortable with. So I kind of went full on, like oh, probably overcorrect to like dive in and to learn all about it. And like, how can I help people? Because I definitely have that heart of a teacher, even though I'm not in the classroom anymore. So I, um, I did that. I worked in other fields where I was one-on-one with students kind of helping them navigate that Working on research research projects, um, and just kind of the more and more I spoke to other people and, and worked to train them, I was like, all right, you know, there's there's something here, mm-hmm. and I definitely felt that kind of resistance at first because it is such a kind of charged topic. Yes. So I was like, you know what, I, I I keep on hearing this calling. I'm gonna I'm gonna step into it, and it actually kind of a friend's little brother asked a question. And before I cut, everyone else was really uncomfortable uh, uh, because he asked, what is sperm? And the answer kind of just (laughs) fell out of my mouth. And like, I looked around and everyone else was like, oh, I'm so glad that she said that because no one else was prepared. So I was like, okay.
0: (laughs) Well, tell us what was your answer for that?
1: (laughs) Oh gosh, I need to think back now. But I basically like the kind of context was the our friend was pregnant at the time and we were having an adult discussion and the younger brother who's like kind of about 12 years old walked in and kind of heard the word sperm Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so I just said look the the sperm is a is a male sex cell and that's one of the things that's required to make a baby you need something from the male something from the female and together they can unite to become a baby and and grow and develop.
0: I love that. I really yeah. love that explanation. And that really resonates with me because that's, even though it's uncomfortable for me, that's always kind of an approach I took to was more of a scientific approach to it with my nursing background. Like, oh, yes. this is what it is. This is what it is. And sometimes I still feel like they're looking at me like, <laughs> what? Like what? Yeah. Like, oh, it's science.
1: <laughs> absolutely. And the be- and the thing that happens with majority of like after they ask these questions, most of the answer from the kids is is okay, and then they yeah. they walk away because they just wanted an answer. Whereas yes. we're like, oh my goodness, yes. oh, I don't know what to say, and like you're overthinking it um, with you kind of with your adult brain. Oh so my gosh!
0: <laughs> yes. Yes. I love that. So I. I mean, I think that this isn't such an important topic. Like you say, it is one that can be very, very charged. So I think that it's so brave and I have so much respect that you are out there talking about it, like, you know, cause it can be so polarizing. So tell us about your sex ed blueprint that I have here. Absolutely.
1: Um, I basically wanted to create something that would serve parents in the time chunks that they have. Um, and I know not everyone can commit to like a full day's worth of training, um, like I would offer when I was with a different company with that, mm-hmm. and it was really hard to get people on board because it was such a time commitment. And it kind of, as far as the hierarchy goes, it falls down down the list with that because it's less important until you're kind of staring it in the face and then it's a yes. little bit too late yes. <laughs> with that. But I kind of created an online course where you just kind of take it at your own pace. There's videos where I talk through lessons. There's little worksheets where you're reflecting on certain things with your own experience and what you would hope that your children walk out of it with. Um, And a lot of what I also do is kind of, I release kind of a module at a time. So then there's a chance for that kind of face-to-face Zoom call or Facebook Live Mm -hmm. where you get on and you kind of, chat it out and kind of help them go all right is there anything else that you you need to know regarding this topic oh there's that great question hold on to that we'll address that it'll make more sense in a couple weeks so that way you kind of you're continuing that learning but you're also respecting that parents might only have like five minutes to jump on and and have a look at what you have to offer
0: what yes so i really love that so you have that way that they can come and work with you um do you have any other programs that you have available or any other ways in which somebody could work with you if they were interested? Or do you have like, I think I recently saw that you were uh, reaching out to even some school districts. Yes. Like that's yes. exciting. I
1: was, <laughs> Yeah. I was thinking, I was like, okay, well how can I meet them where they're at? And yes. obviously if you can kind of work alongside the school, then you have that, I mean, putting my kind of teacher hat on, it's always great if the learning is mirrored at home and reinforced. So it's like, all right, well, if the students are learning, then maybe the parents can learn too, and they can work together. Yeah, um, yes. One program that I'm really looking forward to doing is, well, granted, it's probably a little bit away, is like a program where parents and students do the same kind of thing So then they can come to, and they have like come together points where, okay, well, let's talk about this topic. Well, how did you feel about this? How do you feel that this applies? And so you got that side by side learning. So you can really kind of develop that relationship because that's a lot of, a lot of benefit in that because obviously that sub- subject is like, oh, can I actually ask them? They say that they're open for this, but when I do bring it up, it might get shut down because you might be caught by surprise. Yes. <laughs> it might be that that like kind of gut reaction of that.
0: But I love your idea of kind of the side-by-side learning with parents and kids, because I know with my own children, it's like I don't know what grade it was, like fifth grade, we got sent, sign this if you want to opt out of mm-hmm. like sex education learning. And, you know, I'm like, okay, but what exactly, like, what exactly are they talking about? And I found myself in a situation later on. This is how blunt I am with my poor children. <laughs> I think my old, my son was in, I think seventh grade when I did this. And I just, I, you know. <laughs> I don't remember why why we started this conversation, but I basically had asked him like, "Do you know what masturbation is?" And he mm-hmm. immediately got like the deer in the headlights look. I'm like, "Did they <laughs> teach you about that? Like, what did they even teach you? Do you know what that is?" And he's like, "No, no, you know." <laughs> <laughs> so I love that idea. Yes. And I'm like, I can tell you so many stories of like, <laughs> just just go with it, oh, and they're absolutely. just like, "Oh my god, what is she talking about?" <laughs> Yes. Like, I don't know and what told you. Like, <laughs> so I really love that idea of kind of, um, you know, the parents and the kids doing it, and, you know, knowing what each other are talking about and learning and being able to come together and like, okay, I know where you're at, so I know how to approach it a little differently instead of just, I'm just very blunt. Have you learned about this, this, and this, and this yet? And they often are just like, what? Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I really love that approach. But yeah, that's how, I mean, that's how it is, at least in our schools in the area. It's sign this consent if you want to opt out. Otherwise, you know, usually they're talking about puberty, I think, and things like that. So I really love what you're doing here.
1: Yeah. That's one thing that I've kind of delved into a little bit more. I mean, being from Australia, I know the the curriculum because that's where I was trained, Mm. did a little bit of time in United States schools. And I'm I'm always kind of curious. I'm a sponge for learning. So I'm like, hmm, Mm. let's see what their kind of state-by-state guidelines are. And the thing that shocked me the most is obviously there's kind of two, I suppose we'll call them groups of types of sex ed. So we've got the abstinence only focusing Mm. on All right, just say no, just say no, and you're not having the skills and understanding why. Whereas you've also got the comprehensive sex education where it's like, okay, well, if this, then that. So you, they know. All right, well, how? And you, it's basically guiding them to make the most appropriate choices for themselves because they're informed. I mean, it's like walking across the street. Like, if you do that, you know here look left you look right and then you can make those appropriate choices do i cross here do i wait that kind Mm -hmm. of stuff and within the u.s and i remember off the top of my head it's either 22 or 23 of the united states like as a whole Mm -hmm. require medically and factually accurate sex education whereas the the rest of them don't actually require it to be medically or factually accurate and that just like (laughs) That sends me through like a, a tornado of emotions, like wow. being like shocked, like sad, yeah, yeah. kind of angry that this is okay. Like I can't imagine that in any other subject that that would be an okay, thing, an okay that, thing that parents would accept. Like, I mean, the new math is hard enough, but like you wouldn't accept like them not knowing how to add or subtract, like right? you, would, you would do something about it.
0: That is mind blowing. I had no idea that there were, um, you know, those regulations are not in place. Yeah. I'll do more research on that. I kind of wanted to go through, obviously everybody can go to your website and get a free guide of this copy that I have here of your, um, just six basic steps, um, about just talking, I think, about sex education with your kids because your first one you hear of just sharing the story of how they became to be a family. So that I think that that's just you basically are saying just talking about like um, how they came together, but it's the love that connects them, even though the family dynamic might look different, whether it's mom, dad, mom, mom, grandparents, however that comes together. So that's your first tip, right?
1: Yeah, and a lot of that is, I mean, with it being a subject that you can either kind of run at it headlong or you can kind of see if you can like drop breadcrumbs and see if they bite with that, that's a a way that you can essentially kind of test the waters, lead in with conversation and you can kind of see see how much they know. So where you can kind of pick up and and then give like little lessons as to how um, to understand different aspects. Mm
0: -hmm. I love that. And then the second one, I really love this. Name the body parts accurately. So oh, no yes. more of the, like you say, <laughs> wee-wee, pee-pee, all of that stuff that we use. I know I was guilty of that when they were little too, like, okay, go pee-pee, like wipe your pee-pee, mm-hmm. you know, and stuff like that. Yeah. So I really love so name them accurately. So. We yeah. And the, the Penis, big vagina, fa- like
1: the little fun fact that I always like to give is like if we're talking naming body parts, naming genitalia, the external female organs are actually called the vulva. And I was twenty-five okay. before I learned that, and it's just a not a common word that's yeah. that's used and known. So it's always interesting to kind of hear, and when you when you hear people using the correct terms, you're like, oh, you're yeah, a <laughs> weirdo, yeah. Yeah, always. I was like, I need to talk to you to find out how you learned about that. <laughs>
0: So then just writing down your experiences, maybe um of conversations that you had with your parents when you were their age, when you're the age of that your kids are now. Just maybe um kind of reflecting on your own experience I and mean, then I guess of maybe that you had with your own parents.
1: Yes, and that's a lot of the kind of where our own experiences start from. And so it's a bit of that kind of turn in turn within yourself and kind of look at the experiences you had. Were they positive? Can you work on those for your own children? Like, how do you want them to feel with that? And really just kind of making sure, all right, this is, you shape their experience because the best thing about like parenting is you get to be the one that delivers that message to them and you shape it and that's the way they see it as normal or like an open topic or, or something along those lines like you get to color their experience with that
0: I love that then this next one so important um, consent and boundaries so teaching them early now this can be a really charged topic too <laughs> saying goodbye to somebody we're leaving go give them a hug
1: yes talk <laughs> more about that Yes. And that was, once I started kind of learning into that, I picked up on a few more things. Like, obviously, there will be times where you can use that as a teaching moment. And there's some that you, you can definitely cannot because it's a matter of safety or there, there's a tantrum like this. <laughs> you use it when you can, basically. So instead of directing them to do something like go give aunt, uncle a hug. You're basically giving them the choice. So would you like to go give aunt, uncle a hug or a high five or a wave? Like you're giving them based on how they're feeling that day or the type of personality. You're giving them the option so they can choose if someone's in their personal space, if they prefer more like hands-off approach. And it's sending that kind of using little teachable moments that then makes that the norm. So you're setting them up for basically the protective factors around them um you're setting that groundwork so it becomes normal so if someone does something where there's no consent then they automatically like you've you've kind of taught Mm -hmm. them red flag need to share that with my parents
0: yes that's something that's not okay yes oh my gosh i love that i really love that you give the alternate like a high five i really love like go give them a high five um I think that that's so important that we do help them realize that they can put boundaries in place even at their age, even as a young child when they feel maybe they don't have much control over things. This is something that we can empower them to do. Um, Oh, I love this. So (laughs) next, don't wait for the school to start the conversation. Um, Your kids need the guidance from you. So this is important too, because I know a lot of, a lot of parents don't know how to approach it. And so then they do um, let the school kind of take care of it. This is, I mean, that's a lot of things. Um, I'm learning that with common core math right now. I'm like, I don't understand this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh man. I, I was the substitute teaching and I was in a situation where the the small handful of students I was working with needed help on the new math. And I was like, I I don't even understand. So I was uh, luckily that one of the students in the group understood it. And I was like, oh, well, well, say, Becky, why don't you use this chance to teach um, and basically talk through your methods with that. But that one is, is a challenging one (laughs) to understand.
0: I love that. So, and you guys, so, Definitely start those conversations first. And so now you're gonna ask me, like, okay, great, Christy, but now we don't know what to say. So that's why I'm gonna tell you. You're gonna go to my show notes next and you're gonna start following Katie because she's going to provide us guidance on that. And then you're gonna download her blueprint and you're gonna work with her.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. It's all about the
0: (laughs) Yeah. So we do learn what to say because we do have to educate ourselves on that. She's gonna bring us the education, but we also have to step up to absorb the education and then use it.
1: Absolutely, and depending on the age of your child, it is totally okay to kind of say, look, I'm actually a little bit uncomfortable with this topic because my parents didn't talk to me about this and I wanna make sure you get the answers from me and that you know you can come to me to get that. And it kind of, it addresses that elephant in the room. So it kind of diffuses (laughs) the uncomfortable tension. So it's okay to be human with those conversations and you're learning together.
0: I agree. Oh my gosh. So much good. And this is not tied perfectly into your last one. If you're uncomfortable, acknowledge it, call it what it is. I, you know, I know I tell my boys, I know this is an uncomfortable topic just because that's the way that society's made it, but we need to talk about it. Here's what it is. (laughs) So (laughs) I think that all ties right into there. And so I really love this. Is there anything else that, um, that you think that we should know that you think that that you're feeling called to share with us today
1: yeah um i suppose my biggest kind of thing that i share as well is sex education is so much more than we think it is it's a whole i um, the model that i use is called the flower model of sexuality mm. and that's a research um kind of basically like a holistic self-esteem building mental health awareness model because The current model that we're a little bit set with actually came from 1918, like way back when sex education became incorporated and needed to be learnt about. So we want to really shift it to be a more positive whole person experience Sex education is always something that grows with you. It's lifelong. The thing you need at five years old is going to be very different than what you need at say 25 Mm -hmm. for that. So it's a lifelong process and it's interesting because you're never done learning with it. So there's always something more to learn about.
0: Yes. As each new stage of life comes along, there's, you know, like you said, a whole different set of things that come with it. Yes. So... I know that you've got, we can connect with you online through, I know, Instagram, Facebook, and then yes. you also have a webpage, right? Correct. Yay. And then the title, I believe, of everything was the, do you want to tell me, is it the parenting? The,
1: the Parent Sex Ed Blueprint. Perfect.
0: Yes. So I'm going to link everything in show notes for you guys because I want you guys to come and check out Katie and... um you know, I think it's really important. Like I've already said that we do need to have these talks and we realize that especially, um, you know, more and more now as I say more and more now, as, um, we look into the education system. And I know for myself and several parents that follow me, we're not always super happy with what's being taught in the schools. So I think that this is a great chance for us to do self-education and then to turn around, turn around and educate our children and um, to get in front of that.
1: And absolutely use
0: your power and your voice and your knowledge. Like we don't have to let the schools be the only ones that are teaching them about life. Yes. It's all about empowerment. And Katie is giving us a way to empower ourselves as parents. So I wanna thank you so much for being here and for um, chatting with me about that and for sharing with us and for doing the work that you are doing because it is very important, so.
1: Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much for allowing me to be on your podcast and, and share this message and get out there and be a resource for parents because it, it is a topic that um, people are uncomfortable with. So glad to be able to help out with that.
0: Yay, all right. Thank you so much for being here. We will see you next time. So I hope that you really enjoyed this episode with Katie and navigating the discomfort of having these conversations with our kids because they are really important. So just remember that it's okay to let it be uncomfortable. It's okay to call it for what it is. It's okay to say, um, you know, I'm uncomfortable talking about this because I don't really know how to approach it. But like it's okay, we can we can have an open conversation about it and work at it together because we're only human. And then I also was really intrigued by her statement that only 23 states require medically and factually accurate information to be taught. And so I wanted to know what does that really mean? So she was kind enough to provide me with a link So with this link that Katie sent me, it actually gives every individual uh, state their laws on medical accuracy in sex or HIV education. And I'm going to link this page in the show notes so you can come and take a look. And it talks to you about state policies on sex education in schools. Currently, it says 29 states require public schools teach sex education, 27 of which mandate sex education and HIV education. Um, 22 states require that if provided, sex and or HIV education must be medically, factually, or technically accurate. State definitions of medically accurate vary. Um, And then there's a few other things here, and then you'll be able to look at your individual state. Now, for myself, I live in California. So for California, it is each school district shall ensure all pupils in grades 7 to 12 receive comprehensive sexual health education and HIV prevention education from trained instructors. Each student shall receive instruction at least once in junior high school or middle school and at least once in high school. The information must be age appropriate, medically accurate and objective. A school district that elects to offer comprehensive sex education earlier than grade seven may provide age appropriate and medically accurate information. And then again, beyond that, um, who determines what's medically accurate? And so, yeah, I'm going to link that in the show note for you and so that you can be educated on your state. Go check out um, Katie's information and follow her. And all of that is linked for you in the show notes. And thank you so much for being here to listen to us today. Thank you so much for joining me today for the Self Project Podcast. I hope that you were able to find something useful or inspirational to take away with you today. So come and connect with me over on Instagram. It's at underscore Christy Martin and let me know what you want to hear more of. Go ahead and subscribe to the podcast and leave a review and I will see you next time.